Hi, I'm Ellen Newhouse, and welcome to Heart and Soul. Are you ready to live a soulfully inspired life? If you are ready to dive deep, get seriously honest with yourself, and learn to trust your deep wisdom, then this is the place for you. I'll be sharing unfiltered stories from my own life and those of many other courageous, creative entrepreneurs and transformational leaders who have dug deep inside themselves to heal, honor their amazing wisdom, and dare to take inspired action. No more sitting by the sidelines wishing for a more satisfying life. It's time for you to become the person you have always dreamed of being. Have a career and a life you love. Join us each week to be spiritually uplifted and inspired into action. And oh yes, I'll be giving you homework to get you moving closer to your dreams. Welcome back to the Heart and Soul podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Newhouse. And this morning, you are going to be in for a beautiful ride with my guest, Diana Curtis. Diana is a sought-after advanced grief recovery specialist, spiritual life coach, ordained minister, and the host of Growing Through Grief podcast. Diana has a history of great successes in her work after healing her own crippling pain of grief caused by the loss of her mother and brother. After spending many decades serving with the nation's leading public health agency as a public health advisor, Diana began to expand her work as a grief recovery specialist. She turned her pain into purpose and became the founder of Coaching to the Heart, a coaching practice where she helps individuals struggling with grief after the loss of a loved one. She specializes in working with women to create a sacred pathway for a return to a heart full of grace and self-love. Diana is the creator of several courses, including the Growing Through Grief Healing Method, a full curriculum that leads women through a process to release and let go of the trauma of loss and experience profound freedom and healing for the entire body. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. Good morning. I am so happy to be here. Oh, I am so glad to have you be here because, you know, grief is something that I think is so misunderstood and more than any other emotion that I've experienced, it seems to have a life of its own. It seems to come and go on its own accord. Have you experienced this? Wow. <laughs> is that a trick question? That's a loaded question. <laughs> no, that is an honest to goodness. Please fill me in since you are wow, the Wow, have I experienced that? Uh, yeah, I say grief is can be if you allow it to be it's a curious gift mm. there is so much going on back and forth ebb and flow 
And absolutely, I have experienced it. I'm actually in the middle of it right now because, as you know, I lost my brother a few weeks ago. And it's just taken me deeper and deeper into my growth period. So, yes. So I've been so curious because I've been thinking about you knowing that you're in your grieving process about your brother. And I'm curious because I guess I'm selfishly curious because my uh, experience of my brother's death was so different than my recent experience of my mother's death. Are you experiencing this death very differently than your mom's death? Well, you, you would because you're grown up now and your mom died when you were so little. Right. Absolutely. When my mom died, you know, I was three. Yes. So a three-year-old has no clue, number one, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Number two, how to process the the pain of that loss. And so I spent decades and decades of my adult life mm-hmm. <laughs> pushing it down, swallowing, eating, whatever we do to numb the pain. Mm-hmm. But it was unconscious for me. I had no idea what was going on. I just knew not having that female same-sex role model created kind of some situations with other females in my life. And I had no clue what was going on there. So absolutely, this time around is very different. I'm older, I'm wiser. And even though I know this work, it doesn't mean that I don't go through the same process or similar process as someone else. Thank you for saying that, because you know something, I think there's so much assumption that if you are an expert in the field, that you're not going to experience the same stuff that the rest of us mere mortals experience. And in a way, because you allow yourself to experience the grief, you then can hold space for other people going through their grief periods. Right. So how do you do that? How do you hold space for people in the midst of grief? How do I hold space for people that are in the midst of grief? Well, I go in letting them know that I am there to help them, to teach them, to give them tools on how to move through it. I'm not there to fix them because there's nothing wrong with them. They have a broken heart. So the work is theirs to do. I'm there to help facilitate them through that process. And I believe that healing, all of us want to have someone to witness our pain rather than go through it alone. So I'm there to witness and, you know, provide that comfort, that encouragement, and just a reminder that the heart will heal. Healing is a natural part of who we are. The nature Mm -hmm. of who we are is love, right? So when we're out of alignment with that, the body is always seeking to get back to the center, back to that love. So that's how I'm holding the space. I'm supporting them and moving right back to the center where love is. Oh, it's so beautiful. So for people who say, well, you know, that sounds nice, but I have plenty of friends. What's the difference between friends witnessing your grief and you as an expert witnessing their grief? 
Wow, that's a very good question. Well, let me just start with the experts. The experts know that grief is that curious thing. It goes back and forth. It's different from everyone. And as in myself, I not only know grief professionally, academically, but also personally, as opposed to a friend, there's sort of a different expectation. Well, it's been a year already. You're still grieving? Whereas an expert will realize there is no time frame. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. For anyone who is grieving, I want you to hear what Diana just said, because I know I have experienced this and people are like, okay, funeral's over. We're good now. And it's like, people, no, we're not good now. It may take a year. It may take five years. It could take 10 years or a lifetime to transmute and alchemize all the lessons that grief has to teach you. So I just want to give you permission if you happen to be in the midst of grief, and I know many people are right now, is just be with it. Allow it. Allow, as Diana said, for grief to be a very curious gift that you are receiving. There is nothing wrong with you. There's everything right. You're just grieving. So, Diana, if people are in the midst of grieving and they've received, as you say, and I love that, this curious gift, what could they do? What would be like the top three things that they could do with themselves that could help to explore this curious gift? Yeah, I would say the number one thing is to be willing to Mm. do whatever works for you. Yeah, I say that grief is mandatory. Suffering is optional. Ooh. If you decide, you make the decision for yourself Uh that you would like to be in prolonged, complicated grief Mm -hmm. and be okay with that. But if you decide that you just want the pain to go away, Mm-hmm. to forget about your loved one you want the pain to go away and hold the pain of the loss differently mm-hmm. knowing that you're still going to miss your loved one for the rest of your life right, right. but don't go it alone be willing to heal mm-hmm. give yourself permission to heal mm-hmm. and as you just said when it comes up It's not who you are. They're feelings. Mm -hmm. If you recall, I said, you know, I spent decades swallowing, eating, drinking, whatever. I never drink alcohol. Just water, you know, stop. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Whatever we do, my my addiction of choice was shopping to numb numb the pain. Mm -hmm. You know, it felt good. I go out and buy this nice new dress and I get that hit of dopamine and good for a few days right so whatever the drug of choice is we all have them but the number one is to give yourself permission be willing to grieve 
don't go it alone. Mm, And number three, know that it's okay that you're not okay and you will be fine on the other side. I don't know anyone who has died from their feelings Mm -hmm. unless they're feelings that are unaddressed. Yes. That could lead to mental chatter and thoughts of doing things to yourself. Mm. So I want to kind of go back and I want to talk about something with you and you may not be completely prepared to talk about it, but I want to talk about it, which is I think mother and daughter relationships are so complex. And now on top of the already complex relationship, your mom dies at three years old. So when did it become apparent to you? Because at three, it's obviously not apparent. But when did it become apparent? What was the moment when you realized, oh, my gosh, Diana, you need to deal with this grief around your mom? When was that moment? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that moment. It was in 2012. Oh, my goodness. As I said, that I worked with the nation's leading public health agency, the Mm -hmm. CDC. Mm-hmm. and were part of initiatives that involved ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences, mm-hmm. and did not put myself in that category that I was experiencing an adverse childhood experience when you lose a parent at an early age. Yes. So in 2012, when I retired, happily retired from the CDC, (laughs) I realized there was just so much more, Ellen. There was just so much more of me to do, to be, to have, to go, to experience. But I absolutely couldn't reach it. I couldn't access it. Mm. And one of my friends sent me some information about the spiritual retreat that was happening in Atlanta over the weekend. And the rest is history. Wow. I stood up in the room and I was talking about the death of my mother and I got some insight and such profound information that led me on a journey of healing. Wow. And that's when I began to uncover layers and layers of pain associated with not having that same sex role Mm. model. Now, how many years after your mom's death is this in 2012? Are you asking my age? Sort of, sort of, in a a roundabout way. (laughs) Oh, wow. It was... I was 56, so it had been five decades or more. Wow. So for people who are listening, who think, oh, you know, there's something going on. I don't know exactly what it is. Do you see how deep grief can sit in your being for this long? I mean, you did very well in the outer world for five decades without dealing with this. You looked like you were a functioning adult. Mm -hmm. And yet, yeah, and yet there was a world that you didn't even know existed inside of you. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's amazing to me. Yeah. 
And amazing that your body could hold that much grief without you dealing with it because my body broke down at age 26 and said, hell no, I'm done. I'm done with you. You either deal with this or, or, or you can move on to your next life. And I think that so many people who have often mystery illnesses or a lot of pain and they can't, it, they, Western medicine can't explain it. I think it can be explained by unmet, unresolved grief in their body. Yeah. That's interesting you would say that because even to this day, I'm going to brag on myself a little bit. Please. Even to this day, no medical issues, no medicine. It's amazing. No pop, nothing. And I believe it's because I've always been a seeker. Mm. I think I was clearing the energy out as I felt it without realizing what I was doing. Oh, interesting. I've always, you know, knew about breathing techniques. Mm. I've always meditated. I've just, I've always been protective about my time and my space. Mm-hmm. So I did internalize some things. You know, I was a workaholic. That was my other drug of choice. Uh, so my body felt that, but I have never, ever been sick. Do you know what a blessing that is? I mean, it's a blessing beyond blessings because I got, I mean, deathly ill because of the grief in my body. And I know many of my patients who come to me originally with pain that can't be solved. And when we get underneath it, it's often about grief of some kind. So, So let me ask you this. For women who either have lost their moms or have really, really, really difficult relationships with their moms that lead them not to trust other women, because I see this all the time, this is super common, is how did you resolve having these female issues, as you said, um, with other women and realizing the connection between the grief of your mom mm-hmm. and these issues. How did you resolve it? Well, again, it all started in 2012. Prior to that, I didn't know that I, number one, associated relationship, female relationships with abandonment. Oh. My mom left me when I was three. So I can't trust you to be in an authentic, trusting relationship because you're going to leave also. Mm, I also, because I had that vibrating inside of me, mistrust, abandonment, rejection, all the seeds that were planted as a three-year-old had no clue about. I attracted other women who were feeling the same. Mm. And rather than we work together on those mm-hmm. issues, we saw each other as rivals, I guess. Mm. We're vibrating at the same level. So how did you move from having that abandonment, knowing, vibrating inside of you, to being able to shift that 
knowingness to what did you shift it to? Well, I began to clear that out. I began to heal it. I began to reframe my stories. You know, we got all kinds of stories running through. Well, number one, my mother never abandoned me. We all come in with this life curriculum and hers was completed at that moment. And one of the things my spiritual advisor taught me that very day in 2012 was, what if mom came to have five kids? I have four other siblings. What if mom's job was to come and have these five kids and her journey was complete? Yeah. And what if having your mom leave you as a three-year-old was the beginning of your curriculum? Yeah. You know, what if... As souls, you set it up and mom said, listen, I am going to leave you at three so that you learn self-reliance in a way that you will never, ever, ever question yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could say it happened that way. I was very, (laughs) I was very Mm self-reliant. I was very independent. I had a little identity confusion going on, you know, Mm -hmm. like, who am I? Right. (laughs) Because I was a little different from the rest of my siblings. Mm -hmm. Um, I would go it alone, silo. Mm -hmm. But that put me in a space of loneliness, Uh, isolation. mm. You know, I got this. I don't need your help. I was a giver, but I was not able to receive. Oh, yes. I I know that one well. Yes. 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 So I was messing with the flow of, you know, God's flow. I would give, give, give. But when someone offered to give me, no, I'm okay. I'm good. Mm. So how did you finally learn to receive? By doing the work. By doing the work, you know, that period started in 2012, just doing, going through my healing process, being honest with myself, giving Mm -hmm. myself permission to know that I didn't have it all, that healing happens in a community, that I need, people need people, that I needed other women in my life. And once I started to clear that stuff up, I tried mm, powerful women like yourself that I totally trust, that I feel it have my back. So once I cleared that stuff up, I don't worry about who, you know, the mistrusting women coming into my life. If they make it in the door, they will fall off because I don't vibrate at that level anymore. Right. So for people who don't understand what the work means, I'm just going to back it up a little bit because believe me, I didn't understand what the work means either. And I am far more defiant than you. You know, you seem like you just, you saw it and you went, yes. And God came to me and said, listen, this is the work. And I said, no, thank you. I am good. I don't need you nor anybody else. But then my body said, oh, hold on a moment. Hold on a moment. Yeah, you do. So for you, Where did the work begin? Like, let's imagine that somebody who's listening is in a lot of pain, but they have no idea what this work means. Where did it begin for you? Wow. Where did it begin for me? Let me just say that when our hearts are broken, especially around a loss of a loved one, there is so much pain and confusion. We think, let me personalize this. I did think I had it all together. 
I was right and you were wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now there's a little bit of my defiant friend. Yes, that's exactly. right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was my way or the highway. Okay. And Good. now we're getting to it. Yes. Even though I had lost mom. I was, I had this wraparound circle of people who took really good care of me. And there was this spoil, you know, how does a kid be spoiled? I'll use that term. But I pretty much got everything that I wanted. And mm-hmm. when I didn't get it, it was not pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I didn't do anything physical, but not pretty internally. I would blame people and they didn't know I was blaming them. So, I, you know, it was all going on in the inside. So the work for me was to, again, tell the truth, clean it up. Diana, you're not who you say you are. Diana, you're not even the person that the world think you are. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And then as when I lost my brother, I realized older and wiser that the past trauma, Mm -hmm. my case, losing mom and some other heartbreaks. We talk about mom. There have been many, many other heartbreaks, of course. Mm -hmm. So that past trauma began to compete with the current trauma of loss. Lost of my brother, lost of my mom. So there's that stuff that's going on, always that pain and that confusion. And again, doing the work for me was acknowledging that the stuff, mm. the shadow stuff, mm. the shadow stuff was there. Yeah. <laughs> it was there, just acknowledging that and allowing it to show up, heal it, release it. And then somewhat appreciate it. And it may be hard for people to understand, but once you're on the other side, there's a profound level of appreciation. And that's what I mean about grief is a curious gift. If you allow grief to do what only grief can do, you Mm. will appreciate it in the end. What do you most appreciate about the grief? Oh, wow. Thank you for that question. What I most appreciate is how I'm showing up in the world Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's so, so much more. Mm. Had I continued to carry that, I'll just say stuff inside. Mm -hmm. And that's the energy of the pain that gets in your tissue and your cells and your organs. And one of my advisors said, we have issues in our tissues. Mm, yes, we do. Well, we do because absolutely what I have found is that we literally hold the grief and pain in the cells yeah. of our bodies. Yeah, we do. We do. And until we're able to heal those, the cellular memory, we cannot make it through. Now, that brings me to another point. Your podcast is called Growing Through Grief. What do you mean by that? Wow, what do I mean by that? That, was, that title is very intentional. What I mean is that word growth, again, grief and loss and heartbreaks and all that life will throw you into a growth period. And in most cases, we have no control of it, especially when it comes to death, sometimes divorce, sometimes the loss of a job. 
So once you get thrown in that growth period, that's where that pain and confusion comes through. That's where the current trauma and the past trauma, they start competing against each other. So you've got a lot going on. Hmm. So the growing through grief part, whether it's my course or the podcast, is help individuals move through it with grace. Uh, Grace. And then I realized I use the word grace because the word care is inside of grace. The word care. So that self-care, that caring for your mind, that caring for your heart, your emotions, your spirit. So that's the growth piece. So I want to ask, because I'm a difficult one and I'm not as graceful as you. What about those of us who are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to really grow through grace. Like, you know, Diana, this is ugly. This is really ugly. What would you say about that? Okay, I'm sorry. Repeat the question again. So for those of us who don't feel so graceful when we're grieving, I mean, for me, I ugly cry a lot when I'm grieving and I can show up in pretty messy and it doesn't look very graceful or filled with grace. So what would you say to somebody who's feeling like they are just a mess? You know, as you ask that question, I'm reminded of that little child. You know how we were, maybe you don't remember, when we were children and we would just throw that temper tantrum and we just cry and <laughs> we can't cry anymore. Yes, right? yes. You know yes. that fast, fast, I do, stuff. yes. But guess what? Mm. They feel so much better afterwards. Mm. So my response to that is to count it all good. The ugly cry, the resistance, Whatever you want to call it, count it all good. Because at the end of that ugly cry or the pretty cry, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) you just say, oh, I feel so much better. Because you just release the energy behind whatever that upset is and not label it good or bad, ugly or pretty. Count it all good. Okay, so that's what you mean by grace, is counting it all as good. All right. You're still caring for yourself. If you cry, you're not pushing it down. You're letting it out. When I hear grace, somehow I think, oh, it's supposed to be beautiful and easy and not my version of messy and ugly. And, you know, so thank you. Thank you for that. When I say grace, I'm also talking about to just allow the gentleness Mm of whatever you call your higher power to just come in and start touching and massaging your heart. Oh, it's so beautiful. That grace, allowing yourself some grace, some gentleness, some compassion. Yes, this is where I am right now. I'm going to get on the floor like the little child, just kick and scream, act however I need to act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a moment. It's a moment. Beautiful. I love that. So if people want to learn more about you and from you, how can they most easily get in touch with you? Wow. So I will give you all of my social media. And then, of course, it will be on your information for your podcast. But the best way is social media, Facebook, Coaching to the Heart. 
You got my name is Diana Curtis. And I'm also inviting, because I'm about this growth season, I have mm-hmm. this private Facebook page that teach women how to live through the grief, how to um, live through it. And the most, the opposite of not living through it, I'm not talking about suicide, even though sometimes that happens, people just don't, can't feel like hopelessness, they can't live through it. Mm-hmm. But also there's an aspect of us who want to live, but we don't have the tools and the skills to be able to live. So I will send that information to you as well. And any of your listeners who are listening to this podcast, come on over, join the community and learn how to live through it. Oh, I love that. And if you don't want to take that step, the very first step you can take is to listen to Diana's podcast called Growing Through Grief Podcast, and you will get a lot of information there to begin your journey. Diana, thank you so much for coming and gracing and blessing my listeners in this podcast. I thank you so much. And for those who are listening, I will meet you here next week. Thanks so much for joining me on the Heart and Soul podcast. It's such a joy for me to be with you. I know firsthand how much easier it is to rise when you have community to laugh with, shed a few tears with, and be inspired by. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, go subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, please contact me directly at ellennewhouse.com. And while you're there, grab the special resources I have created for you to begin to take inspired action in your own life. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.